What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 20 of Sports Talk Buffalo. Jeff Skinner is signed. He signs his eight-year, $72 million contract for the Buffalo Sabres. But what's next for GM Jason Botterill? Find out in the upcoming episode. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, let's kick it off with some top stories from around sports for this week's podcast. Starting in the MLB, former Boston Red Sox designated hitter David Ortiz, a.k.a. Big Poppy, was shot while in his home country of the Dominican Republic. It's being reported that Ortiz was shot in the back and the bullet exited through his abdomen. After being rushed into surgery, he is reportedly in stable condition. Moving on to the NFL, New York Jets hire Philadelphia Eagles Vice President of Player Personnel Joe Douglas after their search for a new GM lasts just 23 days. Also in the NFL, prosecutors are not actively investigating Kansas City Chiefs star wide receiver Tyreek Hill after a cell phone conversation was leaked leading to allegations of child abuse. Also in the NFL, Carson Wentz signs an extension worth $128 million, which includes $107.1 million guaranteed and $66 million due at signing. The extension is for four years. In the NHL, the Boston Bruins force a Game 7 after defeating the St. Louis Blues 5-1 in Game 6. Game 7 is scheduled for Wednesday, June 12th. Also in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres have signed Jeff Skinner to an eight-year, $72 million contract. Skinner was due to become an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. Now that the Sabres have signed Jeff Skinner, what's next for GM Jason Botterill? Stick around in the next segment to find out. All right, welcome to episode number 20 of Sports Talk Buffalo. As we did a show last week about Jeff Skinner potentially signing an eight-year, $9 million per year contract, sure enough, the reports were true. Jeff Skinner signs. The Sabres lock him up for eight years. Now, is that a good contract? We talked about it last week. Obviously, The Sabres overpaid him, but how much did they overpay him? He had one of the best years of his career here in Buffalo, playing on a wing with Jack Eichel. The two of them seemed to have unbelievable chemistry, 
and the Sabres were in between a rock and a hard place, and they really couldn't let Jeff Skinner walk away. It would have just added another monster hole in the Sabres roster, and they would have had to go out in free agency and overspend anyway. So now that Jeff Skinner is locked up, what is next for GM Jason Botterill? Jason Botterill said that he is not done yet, and starting on July 1st, that he would attempt to bring in a number two center and another top six forward to bolster their scoring this offseason. My question to everyone is, how do we get a number two center? They don't just grow on trees. And unfortunately, last year we traded ours away, who is now playing in the Stanley Cup final. Most likely is going to win the Conn Smythe as the MVP of the playoffs. But even though that stings, Ryan O'Reilly, he needed a change of scenery. It wasn't working out in Buffalo. I think the worst part about that trade is not that we traded Ryan O'Reilly, but the fact that we didn't get a whole lot in return. Now, at the time of the trade, it didn't look as bad as it did at the end of the year. Obviously, Patrick Berglund leaving the team completely, leaving the NHL and going back to his home country uh, was a big blow to the Sabres. They thought that, that he would be a solid roster player and potentially slot in at that number two center position and give Casey Middlestat the number three center. That did not work out. And then also Vladimir Saboka, he came back. Uh, he had a solid NHL career before he left. Uh, he left, I believe, for the KHL. Then he came back to the NHL. And with the Sabres last year, he was incredibly ineffective when it came to anything offensive. He was a decent penalty killer, but I don't think it was enough to keep him on the roster, not even in the least bit. Again, so that leads me to the question, how do we get a number two center? Well, there is a couple of centers out there that could slot in behind Jack Eichel that would drastically help this team out. The first one, of course, being Matt Duchesne. He had a one of the better years of his career this past year with 70 points. He had, and with that 71 points, he uh, 31 of those were goals. He uh, had a six million dollar a year uh, contract that obviously ended last year. My thing is, what does Duchesne cost the Buffalo Sabers? especially when the Sabres just signed Jeff Skinner to a $9 million deal. Do you think the Sabres could lock up a guy like Matt Duchesne uh, long-term to be that number two center uh, just after Jack Eichel? Realistically, I don't think so. I think he has a good chance of re-signing in Columbus. I think that he wants to play on a team that is ready for the playoffs. And I think he will unfortunately cost too much money. The Sabres have about $20 million or so in cap space left, and I think that Duchesne is going to command a very hefty price again since Jeff Skinner kind of uh, set the market at $9 million for a guy who scored uh, or tied a career high with 63 points last year. Um, Duchesne is probably going to come in around Mark Stone money, uh, if not more money, uh, I think realistically you're looking at nine and a half to ten and a half million dollars for Matt Duchesne's services. 
So I really think that that kind of knocks the Sabres out of contention. If not, you know, I just think that the Sabres aren't close enough to the playoff picture for Matt Duchesne to want to sign here in Buffalo. Although he could help, he could be a big piece. I just think that it will cost too much for the Sabres to attain him. Now, someone else that the Sabres could potentially go after, he is a free agent on July 1st. He is an older guy, but he still has a lot of uh, juice left in the tank, so to speak, uh, is Joe Pavelski. He is 34 years of age. I just really don't see him going anywhere. I think he will give a hometown discount to San Jose. That is where he played his entire career, I do believe. Um, so I just don't think that at 34 years old, he's going to want to uh, uproot his family and leave this the only city that he's known. I think he's going to retire in San Jose. But if he did come to Buffalo, like I said, he could provide that leadership. He could provide that uh you know, winning attitude that the Sabres have needed for a very long time. Last year, he had 28 goals and 64 points, which would have put him uh, right behind Sam Reinhart for third on the team and just above Jeff Skinner, uh, who would have slotted in at four. Uh, He had a cap hit last year of $6 million. I think because of his age, you might be able to get him for a bargain if he were to leave San Jose. Uh, But again, I just really don't see him leaving San Jose uh, to really go anywhere else. Another potential free agent is Kevin Hayes. Now, Hayes was just traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. His rights were traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. So I think that they're going to give him a lot of money to stay in Philadelphia. They're going to give him probably the the most that they're going to have to probably overpay Hayes to not hit that open market. Um, last year he had 19 goals and 55 points. If he does hit the open market, though, I do see the Buffalo Sabres taking a run at him. He would be a very, very solid number two center. Like I said, last year he had 55 points and uh, he had a cap hit last year of 5.175. I don't really see him getting too much more money than that. The Sabres could potentially sign him to a four or five year deal worth approximately, you know, six and a half million dollars or so. And that would really solidify that number two uh, center position. Those are really the top three guys that are going to hit the open market potentially in free agency that the Sabres could really go out and attempt to get. I Like I said, I really don't see them landing any one of the three. But do you think the Sabres have a number two center on their roster? There was times where Sam Reinhart did uh, play center last year when they were in a pinch, when they were looking for goals uh, and a more balanced lineup. Do you think after year four, where Sam Reinhart took the biggest step, he scored 65 points last year, I believe. Do you think he is now ready to take on the position that they drafted him to play? And that is center. Do you think Sam Reinhart can slot in after Jack Eichel, uh, given an extra piece, maybe another guy, some of the guys that we're going to talk about in a few minutes via trade? Do you think that Reinhardt in the middle with Olofsson on one side and, and maybe a Jason Zucker or a Nikolai Ehlers on the left side, left or right side, 
would be enough to make that second line really, really good and or talented. Uh, I'm not so sure. Um, he, it's an option. I'll just say it's an option to, to fill that position from within. I don't think Casey Middlestat is a number two center just yet. And I didn't think he was ready for that number two center role last year. I said that on multiple podcasts. I said that to multiple people. Uh, he had a very solid freshman year, uh, in college. I think he scored 34 points in 37 games or something like that. But I would have really liked to see him be over a point per game in college to really be confident that he can make that jump into the NHL. And again, he just, he didn't do that. I think he needed another year in college, at least another year in college, um, getting used to being, you know, producing on a regular basis. And then even if he were to come up, maybe a season in the AHL playing against grown men so that he can produce on a consistent basis. He showed flashes last year. We saw the talent level. There were times when we saw the things that we seen in the the World Junior Tournament that was here in Buffalo where he just completely dominated. And he was, I believe, he was at the tournament MVP. He just wasn't ready physically, uh, mentally to be that guy that we drafted him to be just yet. He is still a very young guy. I think he turns 20 years old. So he has a lot of uh, hockey left in front of him to be able to mature into that number two center. So another one of the things that Jason Botterill had said is that they're looking to add a top six forward uh, to give the Sabres some more scoring to kind of balance out the lines a little bit. And there was one rumor out there that the Sabres are kicking the tires on Jason Zucker. Now, Jason Zucker is 27 years old, and in 2018-19, he played in 81 games. He had 21 goals and 21 assists for 42 points. Now, is that a great year? No, it is not a great year. He trailed off uh, from years past. He has had some very solid seasons. He is a three-time 20-goal scorer and a one-time 30-goal scorer. He is a good five-on-five goal scorer. And he has a contract that runs through the year 2022-2023 for a salary of $5.5 million per year, which is a very solid uh, cap hit for the Buffalo Sabres. He's not overpriced, and it really depends on what we could potentially get Jason Zucker for. I wouldn't want to give up. Rasmus Sterlinen for a Jason Zucker. I don't think that he adds as much as potentially being taken away when we lose a Rustalinen on the back end. Again, do I think Rustalinen is a top pair defenseman? I don't really. I think he is a top four defenseman in the NHL, though. Uh, I think he needs his minutes cut. And I think he provides something for the Buffalo Sabres that they don't have a lot of. And that's physicality and grit. And, and toughness, something the Sabres sorely lack. Not only that, but he is a very offensive player. He is a, a very solid two-way defenseman, and I think that the Sabres would really have to uh, get more in return than just Jason Zucker if we traded Rasmus Tristelainen away. Now, 
My question is, do you think that they would take a guy like a Zach Bogosian, who is similar in age to Zucker? I really, I mean, I think that's more of a pipe dream. Honestly, you look at Zach Bogosian. I don't, the, the guy has never finished an entire season. He's never played a full 82 games. Now, last year he did play uh, two thirds of the season. He played, I believe, 65 games. And the games that he did play in, he did look pretty solid for the Sabres last year, but he comes with a fairly big cap hit, and he is only signed for one more year, I do believe. Uh, so, again, I think that would be kind of a pipe dream. I just, I, I don't know if I would give up what they were asking for, for Jason Zucker to be on the team. Now, somebody that has been rumored to potentially be uh, a target uh, that could be a target for the Buffalo Sabres is uh, Winnipeg Jets' Nikolai Ehlers. Nikolai Ehlers, sorry. He is 23 years old, a full four years younger than Jason Zucker. And in 2018-19, he had 21 goals and 16 assists for 37 points. Granted, that is not a great goal total, but the two years before that, he had very solid seasons. He scored in the mid-50s, and I believe two years ago, he hit his career high in points, which is 64. He has a lot more upside. He is younger than a, a Jason Zucker, and I think he would fit on this team a little bit better than a Zucker, uh, a Zucker. Uh, and his contract is good until 2024-2025, where he'll be 28 years old, and he only has a cap hit of $6 million. That is a fantastic contract. We would be able to get a guy into Buffalo that would be able to provide some really solid depth for the Buffalo Sabres that could really fit in, slot in on that second line, and give us uh, a very, well, for lack of a better term, a, an, another good piece for a solid second line. And like I said, do you think if if maybe we put a Nikolai Ehlers on one side, maybe a, a uh, you know, Connor Sherry or a, a Victor Olofsson or a CJ Smith uh, or, you know, somebody like that who is already on the roster that the Buffalo Sabres have, do you think that we could get away with putting Sam Reinhart in at the center position. I'm still not sure. I'm still not really sold that Sam Reinhart could be the center that we drafted him to be. I think he actually did find his place in the NHL as a very, very skilled first-line right winger. I think that the line of Eichel, Skinner, and Reinhart is or could potentially be one of the best uh, first lines through and through, you know, all three guys. Uh, in the NHL, I really do believe that they showed it, that they basically carried the Sabres uh, night in and night out. When no one else scored, it was that first line that was producing. Now, what would we have to give up for a Nikolai Ehlers? I think we would absolutely have to give up a Rasmus Ristolainen, which I am 100% willing to give up for a guy of, of Ehlers' talent. Uh, again, he didn't score as many points last year as a Jason Zucker, but he scored at a higher pace 
last year than Zucker did, and he is younger, and he is more, I believe, more talented, and I think his contract is uh, a better bargain, and we may even potentially be able to extend him as he will only be 28 years old when his contract ends. But like I said, what do the Winnipeg Jets want? They're saying Nikolai Ehlers might be the odd man out there. So he is a potential trade bait for other teams. He's potential trade bait for other teams. And the report that I've seen uh, in an article by NHL Trade Rumors is that Winnipeg would really like to attain Ristolainen. So that is almost a match made in heaven. The Buffalo Sabres could offer them uh, Ristolainen, a first round pick, and maybe a roster uh, a roster player or a prospect if the Sabres uh, were able to uh, give him a prospect uh, in, you know, maybe a C.J. Smith who has a very, who's had a very solid uh, AHL career and maybe just hasn't been the right fit here in Buffalo, maybe a change of scenery would be very, very good for him to be able to jump up into that NHL role and roster and start producing for them. I think that's a very fair value. I mean, maybe you throw in another draft pick. Maybe you you do wrist line in a first round draft pick, you know, a fifth or a fourth or fifth round draft pick and CJ Smith in return for Nikolai Ehlers and, you know, another, maybe another roster player. Um, that Winnipeg wants to get rid of and maybe dump a little salary onto the Buffalo Sabres, um, who next year will have a ton of cap space. A lot of guys are coming off the books for the Sabres next year, which is very good news. The Sabres will be able to continue to build into the future and sign uh, unrestricted free agents to be able to help this team out. Now, I have a... Potential trade that, again, I think this is more of a pipe dream than anything else. Do you guys think that Toronto would be willing to trade Mitch Marner to the Buffalo Sabres? They're division rivals. Obviously, they they you know they play in the same division. They're competing teams. It would be a hard sell, I think, to for Jason Botterill to, you know, be able to get a trade done between them and Mitch Marner, or them and Toronto for Mitch Marner, uh, I think you would have to offer quite a bit to get him. And then, not only that, but you would have to sign him. And I really believe that Marner's probably going to get at least John Tavares money. He might get $11 million a year. Uh, that's kind of what the market's dictating right now, especially because he just put up over 90 points. I believe he had 94 points last year playing alongside a John Tavares. Do I think that he's going to be able to sustain that kind of production? If he plays with Tavares, yes. If he plays and gets traded to somebody like the Buffalo Sabres, I don't think so. I think he is more of a 70-point guy. Uh, on the Buffalo Sabres roster, but again, a 70-point guy. Another 70-point guy for the Buffalo Sabres. He would probably fall just behind Jack Eichel in terms of points for the Sabres, uh, you know, year after year. 
maybe even lead the Sabres sometimes. But what do you what do you think it would take? In my opinion, I think that it would it would benefit both teams. Toronto is in a, a, a cap hell right now, signing all those big contracts. I think they really messed up when they signed William Nylander. I think they should have traded Nylander and you know tried to attempt to get something uh, of good value back in return. But they didn't. They went ahead and they signed him anyway. They gave him a pretty good-sized contract. And right now they're in cap hell, basically. So what does it take to get Mitch Marner away from Toronto? Again, I think Ristolainen is a guy that Toronto would really want on their team. You would have to obviously add more than you would be willing to give up for Nikolai Ehlers because I think... When it comes to wingers, Mitch Marner is in another class. He is a class above Ehlers. I think you would have to do a couple of first-round picks to go along with Ristolainen. I think you would have to do a Ristolainen, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick. I think you would have to throw in a prospect. I think you would also have to throw in maybe a roster player. And, you know, maybe even a lower round draft pick and take one of their roster players back. It it would be a very complicated deal and the Sabres would have to give up a lot to get him and then sign him. Like I said, that would be more of of a pipe dream, more of a realistic guy that I can see the Sabres going after is an Ehlers or a Zucker. And I really hope that they go after at least one of those two guys. I think it, I think it can really bolster their uh, their depth scoring for the Sabers as the the next closest forward in terms of scoring points. It went uh, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Jeff Skinner, and then Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, I believe it was Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Dahlin, and then the next closest guy was Connor Sherry who had in the low 40s in terms of points. Again, we just need that more balanced scoring. We need it so that we can take a little bit of pressure off of the Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner line. We need it so that the second power play will have some depth on it, will have some scoring ability on it, and and guys who can really carry the puck in and set it up and be just as dangerous you know, as the first power play also. But that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I just want to say thank you guys again for listening, and I hope you guys have a fantastic week.